and welcome to another edition of On the Board Sports. I am your sick host, Sean Thomas, aka Sean T. Always joined by my main man, William Trucci, aka Will C, who is also a little bit under the weather today. And as always, we are joined by our great producer, Mr. M-I-L-E-S, Mr. Miles, who is also a little bit under the weather. Will, somebody gave somebody gave somebody the cold, man. <laughs> yep, a little sick, but that's okay. You know, somebody, we're here right now. Cold, man. It's uh, the sniffles, man. I think it's the airport, but you know what? Ultimately, it is what it is. Just gotta make make uh, better amends to the situation at hand. But you know what? Just gotta do what you gotta do. You well, know? when life throws you lemons, you make lemonade. Yes. And today we will make a great show. As always, well, let's get straight into it, pal. Let's start with some hockey, well. Let's start with the boys in the National Hockey League, the NHL. Let's start with our Metropolitan Division leading in New York and Islanders. as well. Well, the last time we were on the air, well, we were very excited about, you know, this upcoming road trip because we knew that the homestand coming up was just as big. And, um, you know, well, the first game, the Flames... The Flames are having a tremendous season that nobody thought that they would. Um, they are a division-leading team. They came out hot, the uh, the two-zip lead. The Islanders, they came back, they tied it at two. Flames scored the last two goals, won that game 4-2. Four, four, uh, four, uh, four kind of a, kind of a, not a back-and-forth game, Will. Like, like, I personally never got the feeling that the Islanders were in any sort of control right. of that game, mm-hmm. even though they did come back to tie the game at two. Right. Um, so, yeah, so they lost that game 4-2. Back-to-back last night, they flew to Edmonton to take on Connor McDavid and the boys up there, Will. And, well, they had the game, man. They had the game, third period late, 3-2 lead. Leonard, he makes a save. Well, he makes a save, but the puck bounces out and what a name, Oscar Clefbaum. <laughs> don't remind me. Oscar Clefbaum. Please don't remind me. Puts the puck in, ties it at three, and then in overtime, well, a shot that I thought was a clear shot was not Anthony Beauvillier. Had a chance, but as you told me prior to the show, it was a deflected shot, and then McDavid, obviously one of, if not the fastest skater in the league, will races down, beats him to the puck, and scores the goal. So well and well and well to me what makes it worse than the back to back uh losses, even though last night we got a point. So you so you take the points when you can, is that Washington also won last night. And Washington went into Toronto and beat and beat your boy. Not my boy. And he beats your boy, well nope, he not beats my boy. your boy. Nope. J T and the boys three to two. Not well, my boy. The Islanders have 77 points. Washington are right on their heels with 75. Will, Will your opinion, thoughts over the last two games are? Um, a little flat going into Canada. Uh, a lot of uh, so-called experts are were saying that uh, this team was supposed to go through a uh, rough stretch, and it looks like it's happening right now. Rather get it out of the system now than, you know, at the end of the year right. when – when it every game matters, no matter how you look at it. But the loss 
was the Islanders' second straight after dropping 4-2 in Calgary, like you said, Sean. Mm -hmm. Uh, The defeat was the first blemish on the Islanders' previously perfect record in the second night of back-to-backs in 9-0-1. So you saw that right there. And, you know, to add on to your point with that whole Connor McDavid goal, Mm -hmm. two things. Number one, did you see the hit that he gave on Nick Letty? Dude. (laughs) Yeah, he should have. Everybody was saying that he should have gotten five minutes and – Maybe even ten at that point. And he should have been, you know, sitting out at least right. five minutes for for that hit. And then number two, Barry Trotz at the end of the game you could see him lip syncing to the officials saying that there was four, four men, men on yeah. the ice, too many yeah. men on the ice, and that should have been uh called back, but Neither was the case, and the Oilers wound up beating the Islanders yesterday 4-3. Um, you know, like I said, I actually fell asleep for the first two periods, and I wound up waking up at around 10.30, 11 o'clock, during, you know, the second intermission. And I woke up, I saw the score, I'm like, okay, you know, it's 3-2. And I, I'm looking at my phone before I turn the TV on, and I saw that they scored two power play goals. I'm like, oh, that's great. They scored two power play goals. That's really awesome, you know, right. against uh, Ratnan. And uh, the uh, I saw the highlight of the uh, one of the power play goals. It was a five-on-three. They always score on five-on-threes. Always. They, they do. <laughs> but they can't score on when it's five-on-four. But they wound up doing that. And, uh, you know, they were up by by one going into the third. And, you know, Oscar Kleffbaum, like you said, he scored the uh, game tying goal. It was pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable how how it happened. You know, just Leonard was playing good, but they were in the zone just about all the time. And listen, you know, they were flat last night. What more can you say? You know, they got to go up against Vancouver at ten o'clock on Saturday and East Coast time, and they just got to just play well. You know, they just have to play well. Well, you don't ever want to say must win in February. Every game is must win in February. Mm, nah. 20, I, I yes, 2016, 2017. Yeah, I only just missed the playoffs by a point. I mean, well, I mean, it, it's... Every game it's, matters. Right. So every game matters, but you don't want to put the pressure on one game. February, I think, what, 23rd? Is the game uh, tomorrow? Well, but the point that I'm trying to make is Vancouver. That's a must win. You're getting a day off. I know you got to get on the plane and travel, but you got to win that game tomorrow because you come back home. And well, that home, the first three games of that homestand, well, Calgary, who you just hostile, the game that everybody is uh, waiting for next week, uh, Thursday, Toronto and JT comes back, and then the next night at home. Washington, those well, I mean, I mean, talk about three tough, tough games. You're going against three of the best teams in in the league. Good news, it's at the barn, which is good, and so you know what I'm saying. So it's at home, will, and then after that, you know, you got Philly in Ottawa. Philly is a team that you can't really sleep on. In Ottawa, you know, they're not having a, a good year, but well, as we know, if you don't come with your an A game, you could lose any uh, give, uh, given I will. So, will tomorrow is if people are not going to say it's a 
must win well tomorrow is close to it because well we could be looking at a situation where that game against Washington next week Friday I believe is a battle for first place well yeah and we don't want that as of right now so right. tomorrow's a huge game well yeah and you also too you look at to for the games going on tonight the Blue Jackets play the Senators so that's Really got a lot of implications right there. Matthew Shane going to the Blue Jackets today. Right, right, right. In a multiplayer deal. Unbelievable, too. Columbus is, isn't giving up on this year. Which I remember we had that talk about which team could make us, um, could, um, could make a run. And they were talking about uh, trading their best guys. But, well, obviously, you know, they make this move. So they're, they're right, going for it, man. They're right there, like you said. You know, and you also, too, you look at the uh, – the division right now, like you said, obviously Washington's two points behind the Islanders, but you also have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is literally right there in the thick of things, you know. And you also, too, have Carolina, the resurgent Carolina Hurricanes coming through with 70 points. And the Blue Jackets right now, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be looking on the outside, uh, looking in. But uh, they're, they're at 69. They're only a point out of that last spot. But, man. Things are really heating up in that Metro division. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, to say the very least, right there. And you know what, too? For uh, for these guys, listen, they just got to go out there and they got to just start shooting the puck at the net. And that's it. Pray for, pray for some rebounds and see what happens there. Because a lot of goals yesterday, well, the first goal, the Anders Lee goal, was uh, off of a rebound. And... He wound up making his own rebound and making it in. So that was pretty good right there. And you know what? This Vancouver team, too, they're on the verge of of doing something special, too. They're, they're literally right there in the thick of things right now in the playoffs. They're only just two points out of that final wild card spot. But they have to go through a lot of teams. So you talk about Chicago, Arizona, uh, Colorado, Minnesota. They're right there. So... You just got to see what happens there tomorrow up in Vancouver. So a lot of things that need to happen. And, well, on top of that, too, well, you know, uh, Matt Duchesne was a guy that, you know, you I think we kind of knew he was going to go somewhere. Right. But, you know, and then you were hearing the Islanders and you were hearing, you know, this team and that team. But it seems like, you know what, the Blue Jackets stepped up and they decided, you know what, we're going to put together – a package, and they did know they offered them back-to-back first-round picks uh, this year and uh, next ne- year, and the next year, and also three. I don't know if they're three of their top uh, prospects, but I'm assuming at least one of them is or are. Well, so I mean, you know, and well, and I think this even goes to show you that the Islanders have to make a move because when Mar, because when Barzell isn't isn't scoring well, they can still win, and they have one. But, well, I agree with you. They need another sniper-like guy, a guy that when the puck is on his way to his stick, you know seven, eight out of ten, this this puck is going into the net world. So, and teams in, in, in the, the division world, they're making a move. So I'm not saying they have to make a move because other teams are, but I think you have to make a move because, well, if if this time next week comes well, and they're in second place, well, don't wait till sec, don't wait till that time uh, to make a move. Make a move sooner. Well, Monday Monday is the trading deadline, so there's a lot to be said over there. 
Uh, the sen- the senators right now for Mark Stone they they have a high price for uh for Mr. Stone. They want four prospects back in return for for Mark Stone, and he's been having himself a really really good year to say the very least. Um, you know, the senators' return for Matthew Duchesne was uh, right winger Vitaly Abernoff, if I'm saying it right. Right winger Jonathan Davidson, a first, like you said, a first round pick and a conditional first round pick if he resigns with the uh, Blue Jackets. So really, this is a huge gamble right here it for is. the Blue Jackets. And can you imagine during the off season if Bobrowski decides to leave and if Panarin decides to leave and Duchesne decides to leave. and <laughs> Duchesne, if he doesn't resign, decides to leave? I mean, you know, you're looking at some franchise turmoil right now. You're talking about like something that Matt, Mike Milbury would have done. Well, at the beginning of the year, when you when you spoke of the Eastern the Conference, well, I think the top four teams. It didn't matter who it was, one through four, but I think the first four teams that would come out of everybody's mouth would be Tampa, Toronto, Washington, or Pittsburgh, in some way, shape, or form, one through four. Two of those teams are following suit. Tampa Bay just destroying every team. Uh, Toronto, they're playing well. Well, Pittsburgh and Washington, neither of those teams are in first place well. And what I think is one of those things where, aside from those top two teams, well, I think everybody in the Eastern, in the Eastern uh, Conference, well, I feel like they believe that, hey, look, we have a shot. We have a shot. And, well, when teams make a move like this, you you know what this tells me, Well, It wow. tells me that they believe that they're better than the Islanders and the Hurricanes and Pittsburgh and, I'm saying, Washington. And so, so you know, it, it, it's, it's yes, the regular season success is great, but you got to – but you have to cap it off with uh, a playoff berth. And, the, and, well, the Islanders don't want to get themselves in a situation where they're – one of the two wildcard teams, and then you have to face one one of those two top teams in the first round. That's what you don't want. And you look at the Capitals, too. They acquired uh, defenseman Nick Jan- Jensen from the Detroit Red Wings for second-round pick and uh, Madison Bowie. And then you also, too, you look at the uh, the Capitals. They wound up getting Carl ha- Haglund from the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, underrated move. A very underrated move. Very good. Very good hockey player right there for the Capitals to get. So... You talk about guys that are teams that are going all in. The Capitals are going all in right now, and the you know the Blue Jackets right now they they're outside looking in. If like I said, if the playoff if the playoffs started today, but there's just a lot of things, man, that the Islanders need to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if Lou Everell makes a trade within the next couple of days, even tomorrow, even tomorrow, if he yeah. would make a deal before the game tomorrow. But you know, we'll see what happens over there with the. Islanders, so you know, I, I really, quite honestly, am still shaking my head that they gave up so much. Columbus. Two, two, two first round picks. I mean, yes, I know one is protected, others uh, condition, blah blah blah. But I mean, still, the fact that you are willing to right. part with those, you know, moves is, I mean, with those picks and uh, player prospect, blah blah blah. Well, but well, I, I know me and you spoke through text the other day, and you know, and we were hearing the. Duchesne to the Owls for for Bavillian picks, and I know you know if there's one thing that you fans have 
garnered from the show. Will likes to build his teams from within. Will isn't a sign a free agent here, guys. Sign a free agent here. Will is a big believer in the farm, you know, bringing guys up, building guys. So I'm not surprised that you don't want um, Bavili to be, you know, dealt Will. And, I mean, you know, we still have to a money to see. Well, and I'm not sure if you uh, saw this, Will. Um, Josh Hoslang did a he did a interview I seen the, uh, that. the other day. I seen that, and he's okay, and he's pretty much okay with going to another team. Well, so. he's I he, he it's such a such a tough a tough avenue to, to talk about here because on the one hand you have a guy that wants to prove people wrong here the cliche for the Islanders right now, but the uh, the other thing here is you know you're letting a good player. And a good young player at that seemingly waste away over at Bridgeport. Right. You know, you got to get something. If you're not going to bring them up and you have guys like Andrew Ladd and Thomas Hickey coming back, you brought you put back Michael Dalcole. He was hustling on the ice. He was. But, you know, everything's all about production. Production, production, production. Putting out goals and putting out numbers and everything like that. And he was a top five draft pick, too. But back in 2014, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential with Hosang. Mm-hmm. He's, like I said, he's a talented skater, one of the fastest guys out there in the, uh, on the Islanders. But again, he just, there's something about him with his personality. I just don't know. I really don't know. You know? And I mean, well, and I mean, you know, in you no, know, we we've adopted the same this season. In trots, we trust, right? And you know what I'm saying. And listen, he's 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 made everything he's touches touched so far. Will has turned to gold, and you know, there's, there's probably a reason why Hosang isn't here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying, you know, there's maybe something in the locker room, or or whether it's the chemistry on the ice, right. something. Trots is seeing that he that he doesn't like and. It sounds like, you know what I'm saying, Hosang feels like, you know what, maybe maybe I do, maybe it's better if, you know, we both get off the off fresh start somewhere. So. But but I like I like how he worded it. You know, I like the way how hockey players just go about their business and do their interviews because they, they're all about the team, I feel like, you know, and they just say the right things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you look at basketball player if they were to talk to them like that they'd be like oh you gotta go talk to coach you gotta go talk to the gm you gotta do this you gotta do that like he the whole thing's taking on taking on what he's got to take on he's a man he is he's a young man at that but he's really uh putting himself in in a situation where you know what like i said he could be one one of the good good players if he does get traded in the league he can he's got the potential to be well, so with Duchesne off the board, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Will. But with Duchesne off the board, is there a guy, another guy that you would like to see the see our team go out and get? I mean, Mike Carver was talking about Jacob Silverberg, and he, he just resigned. He, yeah, he just resigned <laughs> with the Ducks for five years. Yeah, so yeah, you could cross him off your cross list right off. there. Right. Um, 
Mark Stone, obviously, is still there, but you're giving up a lot of prospects in, in return. But if you're looking to win now, go for it. See what happens. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau is still out there. Uh, the Panthers aren't going to give up on uh, Alexander Barkov. He's the captain of that team. Right. Uh, the St. Louis Blues have been winning games as of late, and they're in the playoff picture uh, right now. 11-game winning streak, which right. so, came to an end last night, but, but still. still. 11 games is pretty good. You talk about, uh, we talked about on the episode two, a couple episodes prior to who the Islanders might pick up. Vladimir Tarasenko, I think, is off that list right now. I think so, too. Uh, and then there was another guy, Brady Shen. Brady Shen, yes. Yeah, Braden Shen. So, I don't know. They they got it. They got to get They got to get a sniper. They got to get somebody that's going to be in the goal and just hammer home a puck into the net. That's what they got to do. I mean, it's it's so cliche and it's so easier said than done. But you know, Lou's probably working the phones right now as we speak. And I'm pretty sure he is. We'll, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens over there with the uh, with the Islanders. Sean, what who do you think the Islanders should go after? Sean is a guy that I think will be the next to the the next up. Um, you know, in terms of can we work a package for him? You know, can we? Can we not? That'll be my. I'm saying also, I right. guess. Well, you know, you would never see a team that has a rivalry trade with each other will. That's why the Mets and Mets and Yankees don't deal. That's why the Jets and Giants don't deal. That's why the Knicks and Nets don't deal. But well, it could be a situation where the Rangers are in a rebuild mode. They have some players on their team that the Islanders could use. Islanders have some have some picks slash prospects the Rangers could use. It would never take place, but it could be a situation where if both teams put the rivalry does aside, that's something that can work. Even across the pond, the, the Devils were uh, a playoff team last year. They have a couple guys that I'm sure the Islanders could use. And even though that's not a rivalry per se, well, mm-hmm. it's still across the pond. Like, it's right there. But, you know, but, um, but well, Shen will be at the top um, uh, of my list, Will. Also, Will, if... The Avalanche, if they decide to go for it or not, I don't think they will. But if they decide to, you know, sell or to not buy, <laughs> in this case, and right. they decide to stand pat, you know, well, that's one thing. You know, the the the, the minor leagues for the Islanders is, is saying it's really, really good. So can you persuade the Avalanche to maybe – give up, you know, one of their guys to come here, Will. As we saw, Will, we just saw the game uh, two weeks back. The the Avalanche have some guys that could put the puck in the back of the net, Will. So those are, that's where I would go. I know the Devils thing, the Rangers thing will never take place, but Shen, is, Shen will be at the top of top of that list. And maybe a West Coast team, uh, 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 Avalanche, the Kings, one of these teams that's clearly out of the race, and we, we don't have to give up half or the whole farm to go on and get. I don't think they're going to – Colorado's going to give up on uh, their top-line guys at all. They're not. Uh, guys like Mikko Rantanen, uh, Nathan McKinnon's only 22. He's right, right. Yeah, yeah, you so know. Not McKinnon, but I'm saying – Yeah, I know. Uh, or is it maybe get, like, another defenseman maybe just to shore up the, the depth – Right over there, but man, I don't know. 
I, I really quite honestly don't know. I don't know what Lou has up his sleeve right now. Because you also hear reports, too, saying that uh, Brock uh, Nelson, he's also on the block. But Lou's keeping all of his cards close together. See what happens, you know? Right. Don't know. Uh, I don't know. Is it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Monday is going to come and we're either going to be really ecstatic about what they did, really upset with what they did, or kind of calm with what they did. Right. If they do stand pat, which I think standing pat is the wrong move. I agree. Like, I agree. I but, think you you stood pat to this point. It's worked so far, but Washington in your division made a move. Made two. Made two. Well, I think Pittsburgh is going to make a move before um, uh, Monday. The blue uh, the jackets will. They just made a move. Again, I'm not saying react to what they did. I'm just saying you have to look at the landscape of your team and say, we're good for now, but we need to be better March and April and into May. Oh, hopefully. Even look at the Hurricanes when they made their move. They made a move to get uh, – just had his name, Nino Nita right? Right. Ever since they made that deal, they've, they've been, been playing, playing really, well. really, really well. And they're in the wild card spot right now in that second spot. Right. And they, who knows, you know, at this point, if they go on a nice little tear and the uh, the way how the division's shaping out, they have a good shot. They right. really do have a good shot right. of that division right there for the Metro. But a lot of things need to happen. But who knows? Who knows what will happen with regards to the Metropolitan Division and with the Islanders until uh, March 20th, uh, not March 25th. Why am I thinking of March 25th? February 25th. Right. So a lot of things ultimately can happen from now, Friday, to Monday. So we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on now to basketball. And, you know, I haven't really followed a lot of basketball this year, Sean. I'm not going to lie to you. Of course, right. But I'm not going to lie to my to our viewers out there. But with that being said, the uh, the NBA wound up coming back from the All-Star Weekend. And we didn't talk about All-Star Weekend at all right. on our previous episode. We had a bunch of special guests on, and, you know, we loved them and everything like that. They came on, and they, they did awesome with a capital A. Shout out to the Schmo. And also shout out to uh, Tommy Weber for coming on uh the last two episodes. But anyway, to get to the point, the NBA All-Star Weekend came and went. Joe Harris wound up winning the uh, three-point shootout as Sean is giving thumbs up. And I don't even know who won the dunk contest, man. That's how bad it was. Well, you, you know what? Well, it actually wasn't bad, to tell you the truth. Um, Hamadou Diallo from the Thunder. He won it, and it was kind of a feel-good story, Will. Will, he's actually from not your neck of the woods in Queens, but not too far. Whitestone is where you're, you're from. I used correct? to live, yeah. With Whitestone. I believe he's in... Lafrag City. Yes. So, he, so I mean, it's not close, but but, right. but but it's not far. At the same time, Queens kid, a Kentucky kid, he came out, and, and, um, and, and Will, he dunked over Shaq. Like, he literally, like, the dunk that made him win it was he jumped over Shaq, and then he did the whole Vince Carter thing where his whole arm was in the Which net, was pretty cool. Which was, I mean, that's, I mean, Shaq is 7-1, seven, 7-2. Seven, 
and he jumped over Shaq like Shaq was in, like Shaq like wasn't even there. Right. You know what I'm saying so. Right. That was cool, but yeah. So um, he won that. Uh, Jason Tatum from Boston won the skills uh, challenge well, and Team LeBron beat Team Giannis in the All Star game. And well, I, the past couple of years, the All Star game has been in trouble to watch from the standpoint of the first half they give the fans the show, the alley oops, the behind the back, the defense, but it's almost like a orchestrated thing because. The second half comes, Will, and LeBron James kind of sorted this last weekend and Adam Silver by making sure because, well, back in the day, both of the all-star participants would get the same amount of pay. Now the winner gets more pay, and it makes for a more competitive game, Will. Right. And will team uh, Giannis was up by twenty right in the third, and out of nowhere, you would think a team that got Kevin Durant and James Harden would lead the way back. Well, Damian Lillard hit hit three hit three threes in a row right to make it go from twenty to uh, I think it was a nine point game at that time, and then you saw LeBron uh, take over. Dwayne Wade came in and did his thing well, so. It was cool to see guys take it uh, uh, seriously, and, and well, and well, and you know it was a serious game when the refs were calling uh, f- 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 fouls, fouls. Well. like there was actually free throws in this game. Well, so the guys really, really took it um, seriously. Yes, I know it's still a All Star game, so the the intensity may not be there the whole game, but. For the guys, for what for the past two years, especially the game, the twenty uh, and eighteen game, well, when it came out to a shot at the end, you could clearly see that that the game was trending more towards a actual game in the second half of um the um the post justice, you know, whirling dervish. Blah, blah, blah. I I personally don't get why they have. LeBron and Giannis as captains. They should just put it back to the East and West. I really don't get it. I I get that you have the uh, the whole aspect of, you know, okay, you had the best player in the world going up against probably an up-and-coming superstar in Giannis. I get that. I understand that. I think last year they had two former teammates, right, LeBron and Kyrie going, going at it for the uh, – in the All Star Game, and they pick their teams, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, well, the way that they do it now is whoever the top two uh, leading vote getters uh, are. So last year was LeBron and Steph. Okay. And this year was LeBron and uh, y- uh, y- uh, yeah, I. I don't. I still don't understand that. But I because don't. LeBron was the top vote vote getter, he gets the first. But pick. I don't. I don't understand the NBA's thinking. I don't. They had to do something from the standpoint of making it interesting because, well, people were starting to look at the All-Star game, how we look at the Pro Bowl, like how nobody really cares for it. It's like it's almost like flag uh, uh, football and at this point. People were really starting to look at the Rising Stars game, All-Star Saturday night, and Sunday nobody cared about the an All-Star game unless I, you were there. I mean, I get that. I understand that to to your point, but – you know, there's just a lot of – and I also get, too, that the NBA, they do a really good job of marketing their players. I really do understand that, and I totally get that. 
But with that being said, man, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I'm not into this whole format of, it's like I said, it should be the East and the West, and you represent your teams, you know? Well, you are a old school type of guy, and I love that about you, and I respect it too. But from the marketing standpoint, from the game standpoint, in the fourth quarter when the game was really, really close, you had clay guarding Steph. You're never going to see that ever because they're on the same team. That's what the NBA wants. You had KD guarding Steph. That's never going to take place. You And, and of course, Kyrie and Anthony Davis were on Team LeBron. Right. Both those guys could end up with your uh, Lakers world. Speaking of your Lakers world, that was uh, I'm not sure if you uh, saw any did part not, of it last night. Did but not. That was an impressive comeback win last night. I, I saw the highlights of it. LeBron, obviously, playoff LeBron activated, all that stuff. Still not. Ingram played really, really well, too. Still not bought into that. Points. You go up against Mike D'Antoni. He doesn't play defense. James Harden only can shoot, you know, is a one-man show at this point. You know, it's. It was actually a weird game. Harden and Chris Paul fouled out. Then you heard the rumors of the issues with the referee. Scott Foster doesn't like them. I heard about that, yeah. They don't like Scott Foster, blah, blah, blah. Regardless of the fact, well, I was watching the game and and actually started watching something else. Because I think it was like 87-66 in the third. I'm like, all right, well, this game is over. And, Will, from halfway through the third to the end of the game, the Lakers gave up 20 points. The defense really, really went up um, from that point on to go a quarter and a half and only give up uh, 20 points, Will. And, um, well, I mean, look, it's 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 something where, you know, I know your love for the team has come down some, you know, over the past you know, months and stuff like that. But, I mean, look, it's one of those things where people are going to want the Lakers to make it because – well, and I heard this even on even as I was on my way here to do the show. Well, people believe come playoff time, the only threat to the Lakers is Golden State. That's what people are going to say. They believe that the Lakers could be the OKC, yeah. San Antonio, Portland, uh, the Clippers, Denver, Denver, Definitely so on and Denver. so forth, so on and so forth. Definitely not Denver. I'll give you this. I think they could be – no. How do I put this, put this well? Well, I think there's two teams that they will, that they are absolutely not going to beat. Golden State is obvious. That's an obvious one. Well, I think they can the, – uh, the other team that I think they can't beat well, and this may surprise you all, I don't think they could beat an OKC because I think Russell – well, I think Carmelo held that team back uh, last year. I really, really do. I, I feel – and they ran into the Jazz, and the Jazz were like a good, like a feel-good story they were uh, a last hole. year. They were a buzzsaw last year. But, Will, Will I think that – Will, be, the reason why I think they could beat Denver, Will, Denver hasn't been uh, – they haven't been there, Will. Gary Harris, zero playoff games. Jamal Murray, zero playoff games. That all doesn't matter. Jokic, Will, Will, it does. That does not matter. Will, it does. That does not matter. Will, it does. And, and Will, and I'll tell you how, how 
it does well. Now, don't get me wrong. Let me let me preface it by saying there are some exceptions. Boston last year was a clear one. Terry Rozier, zero playoff games. Jason Tatum, zero playoff games. Jalen Brown, zero playoff games. And they and they and they were within one friggin' a quarter of making it to the NBA finals. The, six, but, the Sixers. Well, but that's actually going to going to come into my point. Simmons and Embiid aside, granted those those are the two best players. Well, well, you look at the remaining core of that team. All those guys have been into the playoffs. Elias Silva has a ring, and he's been there. Bellamelli has rings, and 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 he's uh, been there. Well, right. so to me, those are the exceptions to the rule. Well, also that's the Eastern Conference too. Well, as you all know, the Eastern and the Western Conference, one is a beast, one is half a beast, for lack of a for, for lack of a you know what I'm saying term. Well, but well, I think that your Los Angeles Lakers. Well, I think Denver they could be. I think the Spurs, they could beat. I think Portland, they could beat. I think the Clippers, uh, they could beat. I think, well, there is a reason why when before LeBron got hurt, they were fourth uh, in the West, Will, because of that exact same thing. Right. And, Will, if LeBron did not miss in 19 games, Will, they're probably still third or, third, uh, third, third or fourth right. uh, in the West, Will. So I'm just saying, are they going to make it to the NBA um, – Finals will absolutely not. But if they make it to the playoff will, and they avoid, in my mind, Golden State and OKC, the Lakers could be playing a basketball well into the month of May. I don't know. I don't know. There, like I said, you know, playoff experience to a degree, you could get a team that's filled with vets, quality vets, right? Guys that've been in the league 10, 13 years. But when you face teams that are young, hungry, and that are well-coached, I might add, you know, that's a problem. That's a huge problem, you know. And if you get if you get a team that's clicking on all cylinders at the right time, forget it. Forget it. That's why Denver, to me, is, is a very dangerous team. Because in the postseason, you could have five James Hardens in the world, okay, on the court at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With all the playoff experience in the world. Give me five Nikola Jokic-type players. Mm-hmm. Guys that are passed first. Guys that want to see the team succeed. And guys that ultimately know, hey, look, listen. You know what? That guy's open right there. I'm going to pass him the ball. He's cutting to the basket. He's right. making the right play. Right. Instead of shooting up a, a 35-foot jump shot while taking four steps in the process, and it's not called the travel. Right. You know what I mean? And that's another farce with the NBA. <laughs> that know. whole travel yeah, thing. Yeah, the whole traveling situation. Yeah, that's Giannis yesterday, Giannis Antetokounmpo goes out there, right, gets the ball, and he dribbles it once from the, from the, <laughs> from the half-court line, and he takes eight steps. And it's not call the travel. Well, Why, was, what, what's going on here? Well, I don't it get was it. More like the, it was more like the twenty foot mark, and he and he did take that third step. But well, it was it was a shuffling of feet too in the process. It was. But well, I well I think what catches refs off guard with him is he his strides are like 
Usain Bolt. That's what made makes or made Usain Bolt fast. Well, we're not ta- we're not talking about that. We're talking about the one the one play. There was a couple plays where he he shuffled his feet at at the free throw line. He took- you mean prior to him go- going to the rim? Yeah. Okay, okay, dude. Okay. He. I thought you he meant shuffle like, his feet. I thought you meant like on the way to on his way to the rim, shuffles his feet, and he gets he gets the basket, and they don't call it because on the way to the rim, well, he he took he took two full steps because, well, well, one of his steps is like three four yards, bro. I mean, oh, we, I mean, I'm not quite I'm not <laughs> questioning the guy's ability, but I, dude, it's just. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad the way out what the NBA has come to. Call travels. Start making these calls. You know, it it's making the game unenjoyable to watch. It really is. And it's it's not fun. I'm sorry. It's not. I know I'm complaining like an old man right now and I'm very nasally right now and all that because of the cold that I have, but dude, it's just It's bad. Friday. Well, it's Friday. Well, no, well, what not nah, I do un- un- understand, you know, we did see the National Football League go through this with with the refs will during the regular season. NBA is kind of following suit with the lack of calls. And is it a Euro step or is it a walk? Is it a travel? What's a foul? What it's isn't a, a foul? It's embarrassing, bro. It's absolutely embarrassing. So, you know, so we shall see what happens there. But we'll post All-Star break. Nets last night against um, uh, Portland. um you know, now they lost. You know, the final score doesn't indicate how close, a, closer of a game that it really was, Will. But right, um, you know what? Uh, a one thirteen ninety nine loss to Portland. But but look, Portland's their fourth in the I'm saying West right now. And whenever you have a backcourt of Damian Lillard and CJ McConnell, they're going to put up points. But well, a very underrated player is a very underrated. That's what shows me the the Giannis play. A very underrated player, Will, in the NBA, Will, f- like forget the Western Conference. Yusef Nurkic. Yes, is an underrated player, Will. Yep. Double-double last night, Will, and, um, you know, and, and he's been playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, and he gave it to my Nets last night, 27 and 14, I believe. It it, it uh, was, Will, so. But, look, and, Will, we talk about the, the Islanders having – uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, this stretch coming up, will, will the Nets have a tough stretch too? Charlotte tomorrow night, they're behind us in uh, seventh place. Right. We got the Spurs Monday night, one of the best teams uh, in the West still, coached by Pop. Um, uh, And then I believe we have uh, Washington next week as well. So, you know, so we have some teams that are in the playoff hunt coming up, Will. So we definitely have to be on our – an A game because, well, the Nets and the Dallas, they're both having seasons that nobody expected. It would be such a disappointment if both end up not. One of them is going to make it. And I think, well, I think it's it's going to be the Islanders. Well. I, really, I really, really do because of the simple fact of you look at the um, Nets, well, the trend deadline came and went. They didn't make, like, no moves, Will. But th- the past two, three seasons, Will, the second half has has not been good to them, Will. And, Will, on top of that, remember a couple shows back, I said which team played the most first-half NBA games? It was the Nets. 
they this is a tax team. Yeah, they played a lot of basketball. Yep. So he just well something um 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 before we end this uh, episode, well something I wanted to get your take on. Well, let's go back to the ice for one second. Well, I don't think we touched on this yet. Well, was the decision made by the National Hockey League that if the the Islanders do make it to the a playoffs, well. Um, the first round is at the barn. Right. And if they do advance to the second and third and uh, hopefully the Stanley Cup will, all those other games will be at uh, Buckley's Center. Well. Right. So your thoughts on that decision is? Uh, I actually like it. I mean, at the beginning of the year, look, who would have thought that this team would be in first place in the Metro right now and we'd be talking playoffs at this point, right? I mean, a lot of Islanders fans would be taking this at this point. And who would have thought – to think about this, a year ago today, right, the Islanders, they had their captain at the time. Everybody's talking about, oh, is he going to resign, this whole saga. Then you find out the whole 13, uh, 13 games was happening at the Coliseum mm-hmm. and everything else was at Brooklyn, right? And then they wound up giving eight or 12, excuse me, it was 12 or 13, one and one, two, one and two. And then they wound up moving it to 20, 20 games at the Coliseum. And then they put the February 28th game that was supposed to be at Barclays at uh, Nassau Coliseum. So there's a lot there that needs to be said. Lou Emeril obviously becomes the GM. Barry Trotz, the coach. Perfect storm coming in, perfect ingredients. We all know what happened with uh, Bed Sheet Boy. Bed Sheet Boy goes back home. We get that. We understand that. Bed but Sheet Boy. But, uh, you know, you, you never think, you never think for a second here that this team, this is the, the greatest feel-good story in sports. It is. It is. In all four sports, it is. Because you never would think this. You know, that they'd be... A team that loses their best player. A team that loses their best player. Not only that, but to go back and forth to arenas is kind of crazy, to say the very least, and the track record that this franchise has had. But, hey, listen, just be happy that they're playing great, you know? Well, I like it from the standpoint of you're going to get a full house every playoff game at the barn. The barn is going to be moving left and right, shaking, trembling, Breaking <laughs> at this point, well, yes. for that first round, well, well, if they advance to the second round, well, I think they will have a fuller Barclays because now there's only four teams left in the East, yep. and I think those empty seats will all be full, and I think the attention, the hockey world attention, because there will be eight eight teams left, four in the East and four in the West, the attention of hockey in the Eastern Conference will be Brooklyn, New York, the Islanders for a series and will and will as much as the views may suck and as much as the arena may suck in terms of hosting a hockey game and the way they treated the players blah 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 all of that uh, the side will the fact of the matter is that they that I think with just I think with just the arena being more full will we saw first round Panthers a couple of seasons back I've uh, were you were you uh, were I, you, I was not I was I was working at the time okay. nights over in Canarsie Brooklyn at okay. at at a school and I was working with a foreman that uh, that was a huge diehard Islander fan nice. at the time 
And, you know, we talk about the hockey and everything like that and the Islanders. And this is before I got my season tickets with the team. And he goes, you know what? Listen, I've been to Brooklyn a couple of times. It's just taxing. And he was a season ticket holder mm-hmm. with the team for a very long time back at Nassau. Foreman Bill, I'll never forget him, man. Big guy, but ni- nice guy. But uh, he comes out and he says, yeah, you know, I had season tickets, all that stuff. And he talks about the views at Nassau Coliseum. They were great. But then he went to Brooklyn a couple of times. And he didn't like it. He didn't like it. I get it. I totally understand it. And then to travel back and forth, back and forth to watch, it's just taxing on the body and taxing on the mind. But uh, but with regards to all that, I wasn't there for it. I always play that video just about every day mm-hmm. when Tavares scored the game tire and the game winner. And hearing Chris Cuthbert's voice, you know, going out there. Because remember, he, he broadcasted the game. The last time the Islanders actually won a playoff series mm-hmm. back in 93. Right. So you could hear his voice. You could hear the crowd. You could hear everything going on. That's probably the loudest Brooklyn has, has, has ever been. Brooklyn, I mean, um, Brooklyn, Islanders or Nets. Just, just, just hearing that roar. Because I was actually watching that game, like, like, actually at home live. Right. And I remember Tavares, he came and he got the puck. And, we'll, and it was one of those things where you, you knew he was going to score. Like the moment, the moment he got the puck, I was like, I was like, here it is, here it is, boom! He scores. I was like, oh snap! And he scored well. So, well, so yeah. So hopefully, you know, they do play again in uh, Brooklyn. Well, that means that they would have made it to the second round. Well, and no, that'd be amazing for us. Well, I wanted to get one more. You can hear the crowd. It's crazy. That's what they have to look forward to if they make it to the second round, to the third round. And, well, that's what I'm saying. A, a more packed Barclays Center. Well, the Barclays Center can rock. I'm saying so. Um, well, well, one more thing I wanted to get your opinion on, hockey, hockey-wise as well, is I hate this overtime three-on-three thing, Well, Like, yes and no, it's only five. Minutes and yes, I know you want less players on the ice, you know, speed it up. But to me, you just played sixty minutes, five on five, power plays aside, will, and your overtime is a five minute three on three. Like it's just my, to, it's just to speed the game up. That's all it is. <coughs> that's all it is. That's all. It, that's all it comes down to, Sean. It's just to speed up the game. Well, the the shortening of the period, it to me is speeding up the game, Will. Right. It's five from 20. That's a huge chunk. So it's like like three on three. Like It's almost like if if two guys get – well, if one guy gets trapped and another guy falls, all of a sudden it's a three on one. Right. Like that's – like to me that's crazy. Right. Where the chances of him – of the other team scoring is higher opposed to if one guy trips and, and will – and the other guy gets stuck. It's now a five on three instead of a three on one. Just my take. Maybe I'm the only only one that feels that way, but I can't stand that whole overtime three on three woman. I mean, I like it, but at the same point in time, look, listen, it's there to speed up the game. Back in the day, you had five on five, and then if if the game were to go, you know, scoreless all the way up to the twentieth minute or what have you, 
then it would be in a tie. And then it would really mess up the standings a lot. I really like I, – I mean, I enjoy the three-on-three three a little bit. It, it makes for – it makes to make you think a little bit when you're out in the ice and also makes out for a good product because you get to see a lot of fast skaters, guys like Matt Barzell, Carl McDavid, obviously, yesterday. Getting to see that Anthony Beauvillier, one of the faster ones, too. But Well, I'm a huge fan of being consistent with the rule, Will. An overtime game in the playoff goes on and on and on. Which it should, until you get a winner. Until you get a winner. Right. So, so the regular season is determined by one way, but the playoff is determined by another way. To me, that makes no sense. To me, just make it the playoff way just with less time. Simple. I mean, I simple. You, you and ju- then you go to the. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned this, and we talked about I've taken the train home and tailgating with uh, Pat Dowd and all the Islander fans and everything like that on the train and at the Coliseum and everything like that. The uh, he goes, he goes. Uh, if they don't score after five minutes. They should just take a man off the ice. <laughs> make it two on two. If they don't score after five minutes, make you make it one on one. <laughs> and then maybe you have the goalies go out there and duke it out or have a shootout or something like that afterward. I think that would be fun if they do That'll that. Be, that would be really fun. You know, that would be like the ultimate one on one. But to get back to the Barclays study here for one second, you know what? I don't mind it at all. Plus two, here's here's three factors that you gotta look at here. With regards to the Colise- uh, the Coliseum to Barclays, the Coliseum only has I think six to eleven suites, and everything else is seats. That's that's the beauty about the Coliseum. Now, nobody thought the Islanders would go back, but New York State obviously they they had a big renovation there, and you know who would have thought that this team, like I said, would be playing actual hockey games at the barn? It's crazy, but. When playoff time comes around and you get to see how crazy packed it is with the media and how many fans want to go over there, it's it's what's best for business and it's the kind of kind of the right move. And plus two, at Barclays you get to sell more suites. As the uh, playoffs continue, you're gonna have a lot of media coverage going in there. Uh, see it, uh, a lot of Canada. Networks are going to be going in there. A lot of worldwide networks are going to be going in there, along with the NBC Sports Network. So it's just, uh, let me tell you, man, it's it's going to be, it's the right move. It really Another is the right I move. reason I think they did this too well is because the b- hockey season ends a week or two before the NBA season does. And they give the NBA and the NHL time to figure out if the Nets make the a playoffs, how are we going to s- schedule it? Because, well, it could be a situation where by the end of the NBA season, the Dodgers are ready to start round number two. Right. So it's just like, okay, well, we got to get these Nets home playoff games in, the Islanders playoff games in. Now with a decision like this, now you give yourself more time to plan. So it does make you know, the same sense. And you know what, too? I want you to listen to the game winner here. And you could hear that. And it, you know, 
Can you imagine that? Again? Dude. Dude, it's crazy. The 23-year wait is over. Dude, the last time the Islanders, prior to this season, the last time the Islanders will won a playoff series, I was six. <laughs> well, I'm 30 now. <laughs> so it's like, that's to show you the last time that they won one row, but some good times, though. Yeah. Well, before we go, any final thoughts on this uh, episode? Two? Connor McDavid wound up getting suspended two games on the uh, on the Nick Letty hit. Thank God. That was a brutal. I mean, he could have killed him, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> I mean. You so. know, I and you know what, too? Like I said, everybody's going to be looking forward to trades and all that stuff. And just enjoy the team that you have right now because come February 25th, Lemerol is going to be making a lot of deals. And. They're going to be wheeling and dealing, so that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, but no final thoughts for me. You know, just you know, I'm going to see what happens on the hockey and basketball front. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know by, by this time next week, you know, we'll see where the Islanders are at and where the Nets are at and, uh, you know, the state of the league is. So. That's it. So for this episode of On the Board Sports, for my main man, Will Trucci, a.k.a. we'll see, I am Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. And for our producer here at Gotham Podcast Studio, Mr. Miles. This is Sean Thomas for On The Board Sports, signing out.